Welcome to the Porsche Club Insider, your one stop for all things Porsche and PCA. Here's your host, Vu Gwynn, and the Insider Crew. Today we battle Classic Club Coupe versus Boxster. Get you a bear. <laughs> so now, uh, welcome to episode 38. Uh, what you just listened to was our fun little clip that we posted on Instagram for the Classic Club Coupe PCA Puma shoes. And probably it was a funny clip, but the, the comments were probably the what, most what, funny. I was going to say, were you guys high when you did that? <laughs> uh, so that was the um, premiere for... Bogdan uh, Roberson, who is our our new uh, social media extraordinaire here at PCA headquarters, and uh, we just thought we'd do something fun. Where you know we launched the shoes at uh, Unstock, and they're selling very well. And we were actually kind of worried whether or not we could promote it uh, in eBreak because they might sell out so quickly. But there are a few pairs left, so if you haven't bought your pair, um, yeah, pr they're pretty cool. Um, yeah. So actually, today it's. We're all by ourselves, Manny. It's just That's the first time we're down to two. Down to two. Well, well, let's not forget Robert. Robert's at the yes. at the controls, and um, so Rob, Robert's actually shopping for a Cayenne. He's going to get his first Porsche. I know, and he's very excited yes, about it. Yes, he is. He was asking us about all the different types of uh, options and trim levels, and um, being a Denise, one of our accountants, she drives a Cayenne, so uh, she was a. Uh, Talking about what uh, her next Cayenne that she wants to get. And yeah. Of course, Jim drives a Cayenne. You drive a Cayenne. He'll be in good company. So by the time you're listening to this, uh, hopefully you had a wonderful Thanksgiving with uh, the family. And um, I, I, you know, the, what I love most about Thanksgiving time is I get to my uncle and aunt make this amazing dish that I only get at Thanksgiving. I, sometimes they make it for Christmas too, and it's this like cauliflower with hard-boiled eggs on top and cheese and now that i'm describing it it doesn't sound all that great but it's one of my favorite dishes wow yes <laughs> it's got like this creamy like consistency i don't even know but we only get on holidays um so did you have something good is there is there a favorite dish no, for me? i remember i think this was the uh, we did the podcast a year ago and i ended up at the wawa Oh yeah, <laughs> that's right. We're going to the same house again, uh huh. And I think that's why my wife and I—I I really lost track of time as far as uh, that Thanksgiving was coming up. And I was wondering why my wife was asking me all these questions about what I was going to eat for Thanksgiving. And uh, now I remember why, because I think last time we had some kind of Italian dish, or yeah. Anyways, I didn't. Uh, was, was it maybe ham? I, yeah, so it was something about ham. I take I take bad memories. And I tend to forget about them. <laughs> <laughs> All I know is I ended up at the Wawa, which is a uh, for for those not around on the East Coast, that's like a Seven Eleven so uh, convenience store on thanks on Thanksgiving night buying a uh, sub. So if it's not appealing to you, you, like you just can't even eat it. Like you just like stop eating. Why, why waste the calories? I don't know. I, don't I mean, just, I know it looks like I eat just to eat. <laughs> 
but I am very selective, believe it or not. I don't know, but then the, the extra effort to go find something else later to eat at Wawa. You never know when your last meal is going to be. Do you really want it to be something that you didn't like? Okay. Do you really enough. want to be fair in enough. the other world to saying, God, I could have had something good, but, but instead but I... But usually, usually at like a holiday meal, okay, let's say they didn't have the proper ham. That I think you said it was too fatty or something oh, yeah, like that. that's what it was. Yeah, it was you too bring fatty. back memory. It was yeah. that uh, spirally ham. <laughs> Which is delicious with like the, like the crunchy coating. Uh, listen, stuff. I love fat just as much as the next person, but not on the ham. It was uh, okay, but but say you didn't like the ham because it was fatty. But usually at a holiday meal, you've got like twenty other like yeah, side dishes. Usually, but this wasn't the uh, country buffet. This was oh, this was it. This was like the centerpiece was this ham. Yeah, I so I think there's a photo of like my family. Well, so I have a big family, and everyone makes a dish, and literally there's like two dozen different types of food that you could consume anything from vietnamese to indian to traditional thanksgiving yams and 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 marshmallows and stuff so even if you didn't like one of the courses there's plenty of other things for you to eat yeah no we don't have that uh oh, i well, wish we did well maybe you should but come remember your family time. your family you, first of all you call people who are just your friends family Yes, I do. You probably tell people Gregory's uh, your cousin. <laughs> he is. <laughs> he's he my no, brother from another mother. He's no, no relation whatsoever. <laughs> All right. So let's see. What have we done since? Man, we, we've been running so hard um, for the past couple of weeks with uh, Unstock and being in L.A. Um, oh, my brother's wedding finished. Thank God. Thank goodness. Wedding. The uh, wedding two part two and part three is done. He came. Uh, you know, we delivered him on a horse to the bride side and that was, that was a first. Um, our clo- his clothing was kind of tight. So the funny part is he ripped his pants when he climbed on the horse. <laughs> and there we are with, uh, my siblings taking our, our traditional album, album cover shot and the family. And, uh, we decided the first, the first wedding part was Vietnamese tradition. Number two was Indian tradition, which was, man, that was like a four hour ceremony. It was a long ceremony. But it was very cool. And then we, uh, we partied it up in the evening. There's marriages that haven't lasted four hours. <laughs> oh, and when I got back from LA, my siblings and cousins decided that we would do a surprise Indian dance for them. So I had to learn this Bollywood Indian. I can tell you didn't learn it. I learned it. I'm yeah, pretty, learned I did. It. I learned like. 90% of it. So part of it being like a second behind everyone else? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't hate. I only had an hour the night before to learn it. But uh, yeah, that was our that was our surprise to the bride and groom. And in fact, the, the parents were more surprised about it and they asked us to do it twice, which was even more terrifying for me. <laughs> All right, let's see. Well, you were while I was doing that, you were still um, you were still in LA. Let's see, last time we left the podcast, we were in a, in a uh, bedroom with Cindy and, uh, Damon, and we were recording our podcast, uh, and we had just finished Shoonstock. Right. Oh, we were heading out to Angela's Cross. So, yeah, we were going, we, uh, so since that time, we recorded, uh, you, you and I did two OMRs. Uh, Damon, I think by when it's all said and done, when he finally comes back from vacation, I think he's going to have like 15 one mile reviews that he's done himself. <laughs> Uh, Ilko, our advertising director, really helped him out and got him set up with a lot of people in L.A. and San Diego. So it's going to be – he's done some very cool cars. So I'm really interested in uh, seeing his – Well, it's a good reviews. thing because he kind of needs it like in the hopper for the next couple of months, right? Yeah, because it's it's pretty cold now in Maryland. And yep. uh, 
Yeah, so we did we did that a 911 Turbo, which that's just like the front corner. Is that all I sent to Robert? Was the front? Corner? No, that's my shot. That's oh, my that's, oh, that's my oh. artistic shot. Oh. Um, so you did uh, what year was uh, Scott's, was that uh, uh, Scott's 2001 modified 911 Turbo? It's a 996, and uh, man, to be able to do a one mile review on Angeles Crest or just even drive on Angeles Crest. What a fantastic road and to have this modified 911 turbo. It's, it's really his track car, um, that sees street duty. And, um, it's actually it was quite compliant without giving away the whole one mile review. Um, but man, that road is awesome. And while we were filming, it was cool to see because the LA Auto Show was that week. There were a lot of press cars on that road. Yeah, plus we saw the um, Carrera T's. Mm-hmm. Uh, they must have been doing some kind of uh, VIP drive. Uh, and so we kept on seeing those go back and forth. And a couple, and the, one of the Carrera T's, the green one, ended up being in the LA Auto, Auto Show. So Oh, after? Yeah, they uh, must have cleaned it up really well and uh, and brought it inside the convention center. Um, I did Steve uh, Gwynn's uh, 2018, I think, um, 911 GTS. Mm-hmm. Which it's uh, hard to complain about a GTS. I yeah, mean, it does everything right, and uh, and the neat thing is both these guys track these cars, mm-hmm. and so uh, the condition they look both in phenomenal condition for track cars. At least I remember my track car; the whole front end was like beat to hell, and these cars looked uh, almost brand new. Yeah, they must be in front, no one in front of them because uh, there was no uh, chips or anything on the front. So, yeah, Scott's car, his was. Again, not to give completely everything away from the one mile review, but man, heavily modified with tons of power, even upgraded brakes. But I will share that uh, he he did what I did was, you know, back in the day, I upgraded my calipers on my Mustang and I didn't change out the master cylinder. And the uh, hopefully I'm getting this technically correct, but the volume of fluid that requires to fill the pistons or to move the pistons. Like it stops, but the pedal is much further. Deeper, yeah. It goes deeper. A little more travel. And, um, you know, I adjusted to it, but you know, you're so used to these, these modern cars with like ceramic brakes or big brakes themselves that you just kind of just, just, just breathe on them and they, they, you know, they stop like crazy. Um, this car stopped, uh, once, once you got, you know, down further into the pedal travel, but it kind of reminisced a little bit about my car modifications and and when you when you change things and if you don't do all of it there's some trade-offs yeah my race car was the same way when i put big reds on it from uh the regular 964 brakes i still kept the original master cylinder and uh a little bit more travel but you got used to it It wasn't anything where it affected really the quality of the ride and whatnot but you know once you read about it everyone said oh upgrade to the 993 master cylinder to get rid of that feeling but the feeling wasn't anywhere near as bad as I read about it, so I never changed mine. I just left it as is. Yeah. But you hardly ever drove your, your car on the street, right? No, the biggest problem driving on the street wasn't the master cylinder. It was the brake pads because mm. I used track pads, and track pads uh, Need heat. operate at a higher temperature. So um, you can't get that temperature just by hitting uh, stoplights every once in a while. And, uh, you know, it's, or autocrossing. Autocrossing was terrible because you'd, you'd stab the brakes and uh, it wouldn't slow down, mm. not not the way you want it to slow down. So uh, it wasn't like dangerous on the street by any means, but uh, certainly wasn't biting like it would on the track when it was hot. Were they noisy? Mine are noisy. No, they weren't noisy. They were just uh, on the track. They were perfect because they were made for that high temperature. So yeah. once they got the operating temperature, they stayed in that range, and uh, the, the brakes were always there. But, but yeah, for uh, 
for autocrossing, and I was too lazy to switch. Some people just switched pads after the event was over. I just lived with it. It wasn't that big of a deal. I know. I'm. I've, when was the last time I tracked my 87, and I still have track pads on, and every time I go on a tour, Ugh. I'm like the loudest car out yeah, there. See, for that, you should just uh, one day switch <laughs> One day I should just to, switch uh, them back. You're not going to be doing DE for a while with that, probably. Yeah. So you got to, you know, I came back for the wedding and you got to hang around a bit to uh experience some stuff at the la auto show yeah we uh so we went from uh, burbank and uh um portion of course invited pca uh, officially to attend the uh the press conference on um on uh would have been wednesday this was a uh, porsche only invite uh, press conference this was for their uh of course the 911 the car that came out and the uh they invited international press. First time I went to an event uh, where, where there was international press. Uh, that was pretty cool. Uh, mainly because there was a whole hierarchy of Porsche was there, who we, you know, we all know. Uh, mm-hmm. um, Oliver Blume, the, the uh, CEO yep. of VW and Porsche. I got to chat with him. Um, Surprised this man remembered me since the last time we had dinner together was 2018. Um, but he knew me right away. Um, you're just dis- you're distinctive i must have that distinctive uh <laughs> dead german uh comedian's face uh it was um that live on platten which we all know and love uh, yes a I dear told friend him, uh, we miss him here at pca he used to be the ceo of porsche cars north america now he's on the board of directors for porsche i believe in charge of manufacturing mm. and production um and he's always fun uh, that was always fun because if you remember at the uh banquets he would um the Porsche people would get nervous because uh, they're they're very structured as far as what they say, yep. and they're given the executives are given a, a speech on these index cards, and uh, when they so see Detlef walk around the the uh, podium to the front and put the uh, cue cards to a side, they knew he was going off script, and that made him very nervous. And yes. I think the one year he announced that there was going to be a new HQ for Porsche in Atlanta, uh, and uh, he also said he. In the sentence, it was oh, yeah, the new this. home of the Porsche Club of America. <laughs> and we had just bought this new space in Columbia here, where we are now. And everyone turned around and looked at our table, like to say, did, is there something happened we didn't know about? No, no, even funnier. So, so yes, Detlev is known for freestyling, or at least making people nervous for freestyling when, uh, when he's up at the podium. And when he said that, uh, 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 we welcome uh, PCA to its new home in Atlanta. Loanne, my wife, looked over. She's like, "Are we moving to Atlanta?" <laughs> and I just we just spent an hour having dinner at the table, and uh, he never once said he was going to say this or whatnot. But so we had to clarify that with the membership that what he meant was uh, PCA members can feel at home when they right, come to our right. uh, new headquarters. Not that the headquarters of our PCA would be going down to Atlanta. Uh, but anyways, it was great to see Detlef again. Um, Dr. Frank Walliser, mm-hmm. uh, who uh, has been with us, a PCA member, a long, long time. And in, uh, now, and, and I'm going to mess up his new title, uh, but I think essentially uh, he's got to make sure that all the new cars, and I particularly think electric, uh, basically drive and feel like, like a Porsche. Mm. And that's critical. You know, right. That, uh, it, it, uh, when people are saying electric cars pretty much all feel the same, they don't have a soul and this, that, and the other. Um, you know, he's Porsche is very um, keen on making sure that it's still a Porsche and it feels like a Porsche, even though the uh, I mean, power I guess source is different. What better than to have the gentleman that was 
at the helm at Motorsports, the heart yeah, of and Porsche the 918 and the 918 yep. project, to be in charge of making sure that 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 X factor still remains in a Porsche. He was there, and his replacement, uh, Mr. Moser, mm-hmm. uh, um, he is uh, now in charge of 911, uh, uh, and uh, I believe uh, all the two-door production. Um, he was there. So it was a lot of a hierarchy from Porsche at this uh, international press uh, press conference. And, um, yeah, I was taking a bunch of photos because I've always seen these press conferences on, on video, like many of you have when they uh, made the um, the reveals. But being there in person, um, they use teleprompters. <laughs> it never occurred to me that they would use teleprompters. I, I guess, think so. There's a lot of data. Well, I guess, like, when we do videos, we're just doing it off the cuff uh well, because what we say is not critical. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, even the interaction with the Roman Dumas, uh-huh. the uh, driver, uh, everything was the question they asked him was all uh, on the teleprompter. Yeah. Which was, uh, and maybe that's why sometimes, you know, the presentations do feel like they are scripted because guess what? They are scripted. Well, the funny thing was, I, I didn't think it was scripted. I'm listening to this and it is looks that, like they're having a conversation then in the corner of my eye i could see some movement i looked uh-huh. over and it was a screen yeah with the wording moving moving so That's they've awesome. gotten they've I mean, gotten. Detlef's gotten very good he can read a teleprompter yeah. like a pro um but anyways it's, it's just what you expect from porsche they're they're very organized they're prepared um you know they leave nothing for chance uh, so it was uh how, how many people were there from the i'm gonna say like hundreds no no i was gonna say maybe 60, 70. Yeah. But it was a lot of different languages being spoken. Yeah. Uh, other than Spanish, I couldn't understand. Uh, mm. I was trying to pick out which, which uh, countries they were from. A lot of, actually, a lot of Latin America. Yeah. Um, a lot of different um, dialects of Spanish uh, I picked up. Um, but, yeah, it was uh, it was very cool having uh, seeing the international press there and uh, um, the coverage of the, uh, of the, the car. Um and they had a GT3 RS, and that has not been forgotten. It was mm-hmm. still, I think, one of the things where people came to uh, see, even though we've already seen it in Monterey, a lot of people had not seen it up close. Um, so that was also a hit. Uh, they had the... Um, and it was a different color combo, right? Yeah, it was they a- had red and white. I'm waiting oh. for blue and white. That's my favorite uh, mm. combo, but this one was red and white. You mean white with blue stripes or blue white with... with red uh, accents? No, I'm saying your favorite. Is white with the... White with the blue stripes. Yeah, the traditional Carrera yeah. RS... Yeah. Um, I guess look. Did they have a white and red, um, original RS to like compare? With I believe it? so. Yeah, they did. Okay, I cool. don't remember seeing a green one. That might have been something they did just for this uh, mm. this version of the RS. Now, were there also? I mean, the the Dakar was obviously all over <laughs> the internet, and that was that stole the show, I think. And the GT3 RS, a lot of people still. You know, gravitate towards that because, like you said, they didn't get to see it yet. But there were like the style editions, and were there still? I'm I'm sure they still brought Tycons and Panamera. Yeah, they had those. So they had the Tycons uh, with the uh, rooftop uh, camper <laughs> camping camper, again, know, tent on top of it was overland overlanding feature. Yes, yeah. um, which uh, I, I'm, I guess they're convinced a lot of people are going to be doing this. Um, you know, the star show is that the car, they did have the Carrera T, uh, you know, as I mentioned. Um, they had the style edition, which won't be available in the U.S. until 24. And they didn't have it in the uh, Ruby Star Neo, which I was dying mm. to see what that looked like in person. They had it in uh, in a gray, and I'm going to mess it up because when we did the video, I messed it up. I thought it was 
one color was another color. So it's either Arctic or Atlas gray, I think. Uh, if it's darker, it'd be Atlas. Uh, uh, oh, sorry. I'm, <laughs> I'm talking to Even Mr. The gray. Yeah. Um, anyways, uh, they had that. It was, uh, something to do where, uh, China wanted the, uh, Ruby Star Neo first at their show. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, they had shipped the cars there and then something happened and they changed their mind. They couldn't get back here in time. So it was interesting. See, I thought those cars just came in that color. I guess I didn't read deep enough into the uh, press release. Uh, but you can get it in different colors. It's more of a trim package. Uh, but uh, it will not be. They'll be taking orders later next year, and it will be a 2024 model. All right, time for Manny tells the truth. Going into the Eliotta show, you knew that the car was going to be there. Yes. What was your expectation? And when you saw it. Is it what you so, expected? Uh, I did not understand why they were doing this car. Um, to me, it was because counter- overlanding is a thing now. Yeah, well, so, so was disco dancing. Did they have a disco <laughs> version of the 911? It, it, it's uh, it just didn't seem to make sense of what a 911 is, which to me is a sports car. So it should be low to the ground, uh, you know, hugging the curbs. Um, I know Porsche had a history in off-road rallying. Uh, it's been very successful, but. By and large, it's a sports car and on-the-road racing. So, yeah, I didn't understand what they were um, accomplishing. I had to say, though, after the press conference and listening to how they developed this car, I think it's very cool. I think it's cool because um, they're actually making this car. You know, at their car show, especially the L.A. Auto Show, you see a lot of concepts. You see a lot of prototypes. Uh, but rarely do you see these cars come to fruition um, and I, and probably by the time you listen to this, my tech tips article will be out. You probably don't remember. This wasn't really broadcast uh, that, that well. Back in 2015, they made a prototype, which gave us a glimpse into this car called the Vision Safari. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it was, uh, based, uh, the, the graphics were based on the, uh, 78 SC, uh, East African Safari car. And uh, it was just a one-off um, that they built and had the wheel arches. It's very similar to this car here. And it was. And I don't think anybody really paid too much attention because, like me, they were probably saying, well, they're never going to make this car. Um, but uh, my article that I'm uh, going to have for Tech Tips, which I said will be out by the time you listen to this, um, compares the two, the prototype from 2015 and the, the, the car and I bring that up because during the press conference, um, one of the things they were asked was, uh, when did, um, when did you start looking at this car, making this car, developing it? And they would go back to 2012. Wow. Yeah. So this, um, vision safari that they did a one-off was done in 2015. That means they were deep into it already mm-hmm. the, uh, thinking about this car, developing it. Uh, you know, for the past few years, we've seen, um, spy shots of this car, so it wasn't really a secret that eventually they were going to come out with it. But uh, knowing that then Weissach, they were thinking about it that long ago, just when the 991 first came out, they were already thinking about making uh, the possibility of making a uh, off-road version of the 911. And so they were also asked, uh, Porsche was asked, did the uh, Safari uh, craze, let's call it, which I think was we credit to Lee Keen and when mm-hmm. he first did it to a G-Body, was that one of the reasons why uh, they did this car? Um, they wouldn't say yes, mm. but they did say that this car, that it was obvious this car was made for and influenced by uh, North America. Mm. Mm-hmm. So it was, um, I, I think I think Porsche probably looked at these uh, Safari cars and thought, 
if this is what our 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 uh, customers want, mm-hmm. um, maybe Why we not? can deliver a short run of them. And well, yeah. what's what's interesting is I'm sure you know Lee Lee started or brought back the trend of safari cars is because of he remembers you know the the Porsche rally car days, right? And mm-hmm. he loved that and he wanted to build one for himself, and it kind of brought it to the forefront. I can't tell you how many people even. You know, my, my friends and family that aren't necessarily like always talking to me about Porsches or, or cars for that matter, you know, they knew this car was coming or they saw it and they're like, man, that's cool that Porsche is making something that's off road. And I was pretty surprised. So, so my question is, you know, is, is the Dakar simply a, what is it based on? Is it based off a of GTS or? Yes, it's based off Carrera 4 GTS. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the engine and transmission. Uh, and then what Porsche did was, uh, uh, basically added, uh, the front axle lift, the rear axle, and put, put the front axle lift also in the rear mm-hmm. so they could adjust the height. And I think, uh, uh, boy, I'm going to mess up the millimeter. Um, I should have pulled it up, uh, the exact specs. Um, so is, 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 was the chassis like reinforced because it's going to be off-road or is it, is the chassis stiff enough to handle whatever? Yes. They had to redo, uh, the shocks. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it wasn't a, it wasn't like the, um, so they had on there the actual race car around the, the car, mm-hmm. the, uh, the 84, um, the, what they called the four by four nine eleven. The first time they made a, uh, if you will, production four by four. Uh, it was nowhere reinforced to that. And this is nowhere uh, near a competition car. So someone asked them, where are you going to, uh, are you going to race this car? Mm. And basically this is not uh, set up for racing. It's, um, but it's more than just an appearance package. Oh yeah. It's yeah. still, no, no, it's they, still they, capable as an offer. Yes. It's, uh, they, they've got the, the clearance on it. Um, they, so they changed the software and we, we did a video, which may be out by the time you listen to this also, uh, where we covered the car and some of the other new cars that they came out with. But, uh, Michael Tam, who we all know, know and love, um, he, uh, gives us a rundown. And so they changed the software on the uh, mode settings. So we're normally where you have like, uh, sport, sport plus, uh-huh. uh, this is off road and rally. Oh. Uh, so depending on the, um, uh, the ground and where you're at, it will change the amount of uh, uh, torque bias to the differentials. It'll change the um, amount of uh, you know power, the power that goes to the rear wheels. It's um, once again more than just an appearance package. Hmm. Now you know I've read a lot of comments on the internet from people are saying, "Oh, you know this car will never see the off-road." And majority is probably very true. Well, I mean, but, how many how many Range Rovers or how many Cayenne see well, you know, off that? I said, how many GT3 RSs do you think are going to go to the track? Right. Yeah. Exactly. You know, I mean, at driver's eds, you see GT3s. Yeah. You don't see too many RSs. Right. And uh, certainly, maybe the new one you won't see as much because most people at that point are buying cup cars. Mm-hmm. You know, one or two year old cup cars from teams, and they're running that. Um, I think uh, Porsche likes the marketing part of that. These cars are going to be on the racetrack, or these cars are going to go off road. But you know, it's, hey, it's your money. If you want to buy it and uh, look pull at around, it. Yeah. Uh, you know, high up, like you said, the same people that buy these uh, Range Rovers that can do amazing things, but most people will never leave their driveway. Hmm. Um, it's just cool that a car company uh, went ahead and did this. Yeah. You know, how many? How many units are they going to do? Twenty five hundred. 2500 so i'm sure those are all spoken for uh so the question is people will be like well all the parts that they created this vehicle you know could they retrofit their 
you know, 4S and and get it to be sort of an off a version so of it. So the uh, front bumpers were uh, were changed um, because of the approach angle. They moved the uh, center radiator out where a GTS would have a center radiator. Here they removed the uh, center radiator out. They did it all with the thought that they were people are going to take this off road. Mm. Um, I noticed I noticed the front hood is very similar to an to a GT3 with yep, the, like the snorkels. They the, uh, exactly. Yeah. So why is that? They didn't explain. Uh, actually, uh, no one asked why. Uh, no one noticed. I mean, the people noticed, but they didn't ask why. They, oh, uh, okay. What purpose it? Uh, yeah. Especially with the center radiator gone. Right. Um, I was wondering why that's there. Yeah. No, it hmm. was. Uh, we were too busy looking at the cool uh, light rack. The light rack. What was yes. special about that? Uh, well, it's the first time they've done a light rack like that. And uh, it, it had LEDs that just uh, blinded you. It probably? could land. The airplane could land with these lights. <laughs> Every time they were turning on, they would uh, warn people in front of it that, that if you're looking directly at it, you're going to get blinded. That's yeah. how bright these uh, these lights are. And they also wired uh, um, uh, plugs onto the hood. So even if you get uh, you don't get the rally package, uh, you get just a regular the car, and you decide to add the roof later on. Um, the, the the cars all have the uh, wiring set in the hood. It looks like a satellite uh, antenna, but it's actually the cover for the wiring, so you can easily plug and play. Because oh. uh, it's not a regular roof rack in the sense that it has lighting inside of it. So, so the the Rothmans livery is probably the most photographed out of all the cars at the LA Auto Show. But I notice clearly it doesn't say Rothmans. No, it says Rough Roads. Rough Roads. I'm convinced the same person who did sports car together did rough roads. That's <laughs> said uh, maybe it's a licensing thing. Um, it is. It is completely trademarked and uh, licensed. I think uh, it might be a language thing because um, in doing research for this uh, article I did, I see uh, in, in English uh, they use the word rough roads a lot, oh. uh, meaning um, you know what we would call off road. Oh, okay. So, That's how they refer to off-road. Yeah, maybe. Well, yeah. it's just like in Europe, they, they talk about young timers and old timers. Grand yes. Prix. They say that a lot. We never say that. I, I just wonder, maybe this is naive and maybe I'm just uncultured, but you would think at some point they would ask someone here, does this sound okay? Or, well, you know how a lot of times, well, look at us. I'm staring at the Unstock logo. Like, However, they say it. We think it's cool. So why would they ask well, us? I think we did say we did ask, and we did make sure it didn't offend. Anything well, I just we, we did make sure that it didn't offend. But you know, when they when they make it up, it sounds. They cool. did ask us. Uh, remember when we were doing the seventy three T, and they wanted oh, to call it yeah. uh, was it restored a passion? Yes. And I and I googled it right away in a meeting, and it turned out that was a uh, the slogan for Viagra function. Uh, yeah, something like um, that some kind of medicine i said that may not look good if people revive the passion i think we ended up with revive the passion that was okay that was okay Uh, but yeah uh, they had (laughs) they had some other stuff that got very um political that they didn't realize (laughs) that would have turned political on them uh just because uh you know they're what was that was it back in the day like the nova in spanish was like doesn't go doesn't go (laughs) so it's so, anyways, the rough roads. As somebody from Porsche said, he goes, "If you look at it really fast, it kind of looks like Rothmans." Well, yeah. Just look at it that way, and you cannot take the rough roads out if you get the rally package. If you get the rally package, you can change the number. 
Mm. So the number on there right now, 953, is the type number of the uh, 84 4x4 that uh, ran in the Paris Dakar Rally. But you can choose any uh, any other what's, number. What's the cost to do the livery versus like standard paint? Uh, the, I didn't get the cost down. It's on the configurator. Um, what Michael brought up was I think it was 32 hours it takes. to So the car comes in white. Yeah. And then they send it to uh, exclusives paint booth. Yeah. They paint it. I think it's Venetian blue. Uh-huh. And then they put the uh, the rest of the uh, graphics or uh, decals that they hand put on. Oh, so the the Gentian blue is actual paint, but the other colors are decals. Is it Gentian or Venetian? I thought it was Gentian. We'll that have doesn't to sound ask. right. Do you guys know? Can you let us know? Is it Gentian blue? All or- right. Uh, it's um, we gotta ask Damon. He wouldn't know. <laughs> no, you won't. <laughs> That's why we missed Damon. Um, so we we had about two hundred and fifty people that finally got on the booth Friday morning. Two hundred ninety five. Two ninety five. Yeah. Nice. It's, uh, um, and that is so. Uh, you, <clears throat> so we go from the press conference uh, on Wednesday. There's actually another media day on Thursday. That's when the uh, other media who weren't invited to the Porsche only media show up. Oh. So it becomes a lot more crowded, and the um, to get to the uh, the Porsche media is actually pretty exclusive. So it's pretty cool that PCA let uh, not PCA PCNA let two PCA people come and cover it. Um, then it becomes and and PCNA they provide their own photographer and videographer. So if you want something videotaped or oh, pic- you just pictures take, or something, you just give pull the you. guy over and you say. Uh, Oh. Hey, can you uh, take pictures of this, or can you videotape me in front of here? I want to shoot a, a segment, and they take care of all that. Um, so that was a neat, uh, uh, neat feature. Of course, Damon came with me, so we had our own uh, setup. But it was good knowing that if something happened, we had a backup of someone else taking uh, photographs. Oh, and um, props to you, Damon and Bogdan, because you guys were like working live in the moment and sending Bogdan your photos and your videos and we got on instagram i think it's one of our most popular yeah it's up to it's up there but the um the the rally cars or yeah. the dakar i think we're like 50 60 000 views or something like that insane yeah and they told us that they expect to sell uh 80 20 meaning 80 uh, percent of the people will choose a rally package really if not the rothmans there's two other ones uh per decade i think uh that they're you know, basically hawking back to what would be like a martini uh, livery or something yeah i think what i'm look like a martini oh nice yeah it would have been the 78 safari car yeah um now in the article i'm writing i'll explain why porsche didn't use the name safari oh. because we've always called it safari right and everyone knows it's safari uh around parade we got it started getting word that it wouldn't be called safari that it would be called dakar and uh or dakar depending on i guess yeah. how you like to pronounce it um, and that is because uh, there's a uh, auto company that already owns the name Safari. Um, now that car I, is not in the U.S., but uh, in the rest of the world is well known. It's an SUV. It's a little looks like a midsize, a small uh, SUV. It's owned by Tata Motors. Ah, uh, so Porsche so cannot like, use that. So this is like Peugeot all over again. Kind of. Uh, yeah. uh, so Porsche said, okay, so, uh, you know, they had to go look for a name. Fortunately, they had just go walk across the street to the museum. Right. And they could uh, come up with uh, another iconic name in the um, in their history, which I think actually was probably better than Safari because they didn't uh, win the East African Safari. Mm. You know, it was a little heartbreak uh, near the end there. Uh, but the Paris Dakar rally, they did very well in. 
And so that, to me, it's a little bit more cool name because mm-hmm. uh, everyone's calling their conversions anytime they lift a Porsche a Safari. Safari 911, yeah. So this is pretty cool that they uh, embraced the, the car name. Oh. Well, that's how I... Uh, now, what was everything open for the media? Because I know they opened up the doors and so, did presentations for... Yes, for the media, everything's opened up. Yeah. Uh, surprisingly, and we got invited to the uh, Thursday night VIP party, which we've always been leaving as they're setting up uh, mm-hmm. uh, for Thursday night. Uh, but Philip Monty, uh was uh, nice enough to invite Damon and I. Um, he thought we were given automatic invites, and I said no. I said we're we're peas, but we're not VIPs. <laughs> and he laughed and said, "Well, I'll make sure you get on the list." So yep. we uh, we got invited to that, and um, surprisingly. And Damon pointed this out. I didn't realize it right away. They lock all the doors for the VIP party. Oh, for the Thursday yeah, one? Yeah. Really? They, uh, they lifted the top up on the uh, Turbo S Cabriolet. That was the exclusive model. And I, my, and I guess uh, they've had incidents in the past where um, you're mixing uh, alcohol, especially red wine, uh, with food. Yeah. And Makes uh, sense. people who maybe drink a little bit too much. And it's kind of hard to... Uh, get red wine stains out sometimes out of this uh totally understand upholstery so um no no one seemed to notice or care that the doors were locked maybe because they didn't work there earlier um but the next day i was speaking to one of the uh folks from porsche and they said yeah they've had some incidents in the past so now it's commonplace to uh, lock them during that party but um for the friday morning pca member preview which had the 290 people Everything was unlocked again, and nice. the top was down on the turbo, and they were encouraging people to sit down and uh, you know enjoy the cars, which a lot of people took turns sitting in the GT3 RS. Mm-hmm. Um, that was without a doubt the star of the show. Um, and Porsche was there. Uh, Michael Tam uh, gave uh, great presentations on all the cars that were uh, that were brand new and answered questions. Um, so for and, I, and I've mentioned this before, you know, if you can get tickets, and they sell out in 24 hours, so as soon as you see them, uh, sign up for it. Um, this gives you awesome access for uh, a couple hours that you just don't get once the show starts. Yeah, and then you get access to the rest of the show after your visit at the Porsche booth. Yes, and uh, unfortunately, the rest of the show... Um, I, I sense a bit of disappointment in well, that it's, uh, tone. It's a little bit sad, but uh, it's no. It's, if, you, if you follow automotive po- podcasts, you know that, um, or you read articles that the auto shows are probably on their way out. They're dying uh, because manufacturers are choosing other venues to uh, reveal cars. And yeah, it's very um, evident that Monterey, which mm-hmm. I think the Quail had like fifteen new car reveals, mm-hmm. and. Uh, once again, this year, uh, you know, last year was the coming out of COVID. Uh, this year, we thought things would be more normal, much like SEMA. You know, a lot yeah. of people said things were back to normal. But the LA Auto Show, uh, still, the only German uh, manufacturers were Volkswagen and Porsche. Wow. No BMW, no Mercedes. Wow. Um, but even, more importantly, did they have puppies? They had puppies yeah, last so year. Yeah, so Subaru, uh, kudos to Subaru. Uh, I said, you know, when Porsche had the, the car and the GT3 RS, when you don't have that to show off, you have to show off in other ways. And uh, they had this uh, display, which, wow, it was impressive. It was, they had actual, like a waterfall coming down. Ooh. Uh, they had um, a, a LED floor. Oh, I want that. Yes, that was very cool because it, it looked like the floor was moving. And the first time I walked on it, I didn't realize it. And then the scenery on the floor changed, and I actually almost fell down because I thought the floor was moving underneath <laughs> of me. Um, so we were all, uh, Melanie, uh, Damon, and I were uh, 
mesmer and Oka were mesmerized by this floor. And if that didn't make you want to stay in the, in the uh, Subaru uh, area, they had puppies. Of course. Yeah. Everybody loves yes, puppies. Yes, exactly. That. So they are uh, they are smart in that way. So was the rest of the show primarily EV? A lot of EV. You know what there was, uh, which you wouldn't have seen five years ago? Uh, is, um so much space to drive EVs inside to the point I told Damon, I'm like, we're this close to having an indoor autocross. Oh, they have enough space to just do like a little course for people. And the one hall where Subaru was, there was a Jeep and there was Ford and there was Chevy, all the trucks. And they had these really large ramps that went up almost two stories. Mm. And so they were giving rides to people. Uh, It looked like the Jeep went almost went to the ceiling. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was very, uh, uh, very cold to. uh, But you're right, though. It is is kind of sad, though, because I remember growing up, uh, especially around. you know, after Christmas, the Washington D.C. auto show—that's when it took place—or in the Baltimore auto show, like we would wake up early, make a trek down to D.C. and walk around and get you know these bags and get the pamphlets of all the sit in all the cars, yep, yep, exactly. You know, and and you know, my dad would talk to the product specialists, and well, that was like it was like a it was like an adventure. But now I don't think so much. Yeah, I looked at the list of, uh, it said, uh, for the media, it said list of press conferences on Thursday. And I pointed to Damon. I started counting and I think there were six new car model reveals. It looked like. That's and the it? rest were like seminars. Yeah. For social media, seminars for finance, nothing actually new car. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So it's, uh, I really think we're witnessing a change of, uh, that SEMA. You know, things look back to normal. Somebody was asking me the difference between the two, and I said, SEMA was pretty packed. Uh, there was a lot more excitement at SEMA than uh, there was at the uh, LA Auto Show. Yeah, and that's, that's a little bit different because that's also business, primarily business-to-business mm-hmm. interactions. So, so it, yeah. it shows me that the, the auto industry is still nice and healthy. It's just that we're, we're just seeing a little bit of a seismic change as far as how new cars are introduced. I think Porsche will be there to the end because that little uh, – area they have uh, that hall that they call their own mm-hmm. uh, is perfect and this uh, southern california is their market right that's where most porsches are sold so i can't imagine that they'll be uh leaving anytime soon um but you know uh the tickets for the pca thing was exactly what a ticket to the auto show costs so you weren't paying any extra uh, so you got access to all these cars and they actually gave away it i wish i would have realized this for some reason in my head because we get so much stuff, and I try not to bring too much stuff back. They had uh, Porsche um, gift wrap paper. What? I know. Ilko was walking around with it. I'm like, oh, I said, what did they give away this year? And he said, uh, Porsche gift wrap paper. And I said, let me look at it. It was very high quality. It wasn't yeah. the cheap stuff that, you know, is like super yeah. thin. And, of course, they had Porsches all over it. And I was like, oh, my, wife, my wife's going to kill me when she knows. I oh. could have brought this home. And it was so thin. It was just in an envelope. Yeah. Bubble, uh, bubble wrap envelope. So, yeah, members got a uh, pretty good deal, and they showed up at uh, at the time we told them, which I think was 7.30, maybe 7 o'clock. It was earlier. They were there early. Yeah. But, you know, the weather's decent in uh, L.A. I mean, for them, they said it was a little chilly, but for us in Maryland, that was uh, a nice spring day. Oh. Well, before we get into Porsche News, oh, I, I do have yep. to mention. What's that? You always go here. They did have been fast. <laughs> VinFast, for those of you that don't know, that is the uh, Vietnamese automaker. And uh, uh, I always tease tease my mom there. Um, let's just say she'd, she'd 
made me promise that I would always stay with Porsche. <laughs> well, you know, I had to bite my lip because I just saw a perfect opportunity. So Damon, you know, Damon was trying out all the cars and sitting in them. And so he, we went to the bin fast. So Damon was trying to open the rear door in this SUV and couldn't get the door open. And so one of these doors, you know, you hit a button and the, the handle pops out. Yeah. You know, the manufacturer that overcomplicates something that was never broken. And he couldn't get the handle open. And so one of the representatives came right away because this is during media day. So, oh, no. Yeah. And he's like, oh, all you have to do is do this, sir. And Damon's saying, well, I'm, I'm doing that, but it's not opening up. And he's like, oh, and he's like pressing and then two more. Oh, no. Over and they're like, no, you got to do this. And finally, the one guy goes, well, it's supposed to work. Supposed like this to way. work. And I, so I, I had to bite my lip because I so much wanted to say, it's kind of like communism. It's supposed to work. <laughs> it's supposed to work. <laughs> but uh, thank you for no, not. I, I not, did not uh, say anything controversial. Yes, fast thank food. you. Thank you. Um, with that, uh, let's uh, remind you to please like, comment, and subscribe. Uh, we enjoy definitely reading uh, all of your comments, and uh, I, we can always count on Ian and Gurney Eagle Five Hundred. I'm sure we'll we'll uh, we'll uh, see their comments for this, and always enjoy, it, guys. Thank you Hopefully very much. Hopefully, we see them at some event soon. Yeah, let us know if you're going to be at one of our events. Would love to meet because you. Because I have to say, we I have uh, had a lot of people um, at the auto show at uh, Unstock uh, come up to us and say they you know enjoy listening to the podcast. And this is unsolicited. It's not like I was walking around asking people their opinion of the podcast. They just came up, and uh, yeah, we definitely yeah. appreciate that. And uh, you know, we we do this because we love it, and uh, it's not too hard for us to do. But if you guys keep uh, keep listening and find it uh, valuable as a as a member benefit, we'll do it. But uh, the the best way you can let us know that you do enjoy it is, like I said, be sure to like, comment, subscribe, and when you see us at events, let us know. Yep. All we ask is that you renew your membership. Yep. You don't yep. want to ask you for any money or send in anything to uh, to us or to... Uh, nope. Nope. Uh, nope. 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 It's all free. All right. So let's see. North American Motorsports Pyramid. Oh, we're going to the news. Yeah. Oh, so uh, let me let me click on to my little link here. Um, so this is discovering new talent, right? Because we, we've yeah, known the Motorsports we, Pyramid for quite some time now. So at Sports Car Together, we had three uh, three guest uh, drivers, which I thought were already junior drivers. And then after I introduced them as junior drivers, uh, they corrected me and they said, well, actually, we're not junior drivers. We're not. Uh, so were they like qualifying? So or? you remember, uh, I'm sure you, uh, um, once I say the names, as soon as I find it here. Uh, Parker. Yep. He was from Canada. Mm-hmm. And uh, Trenton. Trenton, yeah. I think they were both there. Um, and, of course, uh, Patrick Long is the mentor. Um, they've been uh, chosen now as uh, entering this pyramid of, uh, of drivers that uh, hopefully Port- Porsche is going to basically cultivate and move up the ranks. So it was uh, it's pretty cool to see these uh, uh, drivers uh, when they're in their uh, in the beginnings uh, we were just talking about this before the podcast in the uh, in the bullpen about how, um, like Brendan Hartley, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of us remember when he was driving the uh, 919. He was like the youngest, freshest face in there, and then he went to Formula One, and that probably didn't work out as well as he thought. And now he's driving for Toyota. But we said you know it'd be pretty cool if he were to uh, like some other drivers who leave and come back, mm-hmm. uh, come back to Porsche again and drive at that. Uh, Top tier because he did great when he ran for Porsche. He won Le Mans several times, and I think that's what got F1 interested in him. Um, but it'd be pretty cool to see these guys uh, 
Parker's from uh, Canada, I believe, and uh, Trenton's from uh, San Antonio, Texas. Yeah, and seeing seeing them and meeting them in person and seeing sort of their drive, uh, pun intended, to to get to you know this level. They're they're amazing, I and mean. and they're uh, very well spoken. And yes, part of part of the training isn't just driving; it's uh, also uh, media relations. Mm-hmm. And because they're going to be the face of Porsche at many events, and so if you've ever, you know, Patrick Long is a perfect example. I always say, yeah. uh, if Patrick comes to an event, uh, we just pretty much can hand him the microphone, yeah. and tell him, "Can you speak for twenty minutes?" And he doesn't need any oh, prompting yeah. or nope. moderating. He will. Um, he, he's just so well spoken. Uh, he, he, he's a he's a one take talent too. When we ran into him at SEMA, and uh, he's like, "Hey, you want to just do a quick clip?" And I literally just hit record on my my iPhone, and he just belted out a fun little yeah. clip. Nope, and, <laughs> such and a pro. You can't fake being an enthusiast. And he's yeah, true, true enthusiast. He is one of the co-founders of Lustig Cult, but he is a, um, a true enthusiast. That I can tell you off camera, just having dinner with him. He never tires about talking about Porsches. Yeah. I think last December we had dinner with him at a press event, and he uh, all we did was talk about old Porsches. And it's funny when we saw like, him at SEMA, he he uh, he made fun of you about. Uh, no, you brought it up, and he said it wasn't that bad. <laughs> fact, I said fact, last time you were with Manny, didn't you guys share a flat or something? <laughs> he gave me his car, and then I got a flat tire three minutes later in his car. <laughs> Pretty embarrassing. I said I pointed to the the car and i told him i said i think these tires are thick enough where i won't get a flat tire yeah they don't have the little sidewalls that the 21 and 22 inch wheels have on them so anyways uh, that was pretty cool to see um in the news uh, obviously the news has been filled with this uh, 911 the car mm-hmm. every um every every news agency is uh bringing that out that uh this was the uh that the new car and uh it'll probably be in the news for the next couple of weeks especially as we start to see um you know, I talked to Rob Sass, our editor, and he said we sh- we should start to see in the coming months uh, drives mm-hmm. where we hopefully we can get one here, maybe at HQ, hopefully. Oh, that'd be awesome. And uh, do some videos of, uh, of of how it drives, and hopefully they let you take it off-road. I would think that's the point. I would hope so. You know what was interesting, too, was uh, so when they developed, uh, Pirelli developed these tires for the car, and they told Pirelli, we need a set of winter tires, we need a set of summer tires, and then these off-road tires. Mm-hmm. The off-road tires perform so well that they're basically telling people, you can leave these on year-round. Really? Yeah, they did so well at the Nürburgring that they... Uh, off-road tires? Off-road, are the- these off-road knobby tires. Yeah, those tires that Robert has on the screen right now. Uh, they did so well, they said you can really... you know, They were supposed to be the off-road only, but... They did surprisingly well. <laughs> wow, so, that's amazing. Yeah, it's um, much. It sounded like it was much better than expected, which led me to think that, uh, yeah, this is probably the the uh, you know the nine nine two is going to go for a point two soon, mm-hmm. and this is uh, what they usually do. They come out with some special models to say goodbye to the first generation. Um, I would not be surprised if these sell so well that they run a second. Do a second run of cars in the, in the dot two. Point. Yeah, well, no, in the dot one, oh. which they've done very, uh, you know, um, uh, they've done quite often. They've had special editions that ran crossed over to the following year. Oh, yeah, uh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, you know, everyone thinks that nine nine seven, the last year was in 2011. Yeah, but in 2012, when the nine nine one came out, they had some black edition nine nine sevens. Yeah, so I think uh, 
there's nothing they discuss, but I, I really believe that with the amount of uh, R&D they did on this car, that Pirelli did with these tires, that um, if they sell as well as um, I think they're going to sell, don't be surprised if they decided to do another run. They didn't say it's a hard, fast 2,500 and we're done. Yeah. They're just saying they're going to make 2,500, but it's not a uh, numbered or uh, addition, you know, one out of 2,500. I think uh, the market uh, dictates it. And judging by talking to some dealers who have already taken deposits for these cars, as well as other cars that haven't even been announced, um, I, I think Porsche may be surprised. Like you said, uh, they may be sold before you can even uh, really talk to a dealer about them. No. So. Uh, next up on the news, you've got something about Daytona. So we're getting closer and closer to the 24th Daytona. Um, actually, uh, PCA has been invited, me, Rob mm. sent, sending me uh, down to Daytona for, uh, uh, this is like a um, balance of performance practice, if you will. It's going to be where the manufacturers are all running on the track for the uh, top tier LMDH mm-hmm. uh, class. And they're, this is uh, where they level the field? Well, this is kind of like what I think where they start seeing what the cars can do. Mm. And what I hope to do is uh, interview some of the people from motorsports and their feelings of uh, balance of performance. And for those who don't follow uh, motorsports, balance of performance is a sore subject with Porsche. And it's been a sore subject for a long time because, uh, to, to put it, uh, I guess, bluntly, uh, and I think uh, one of the heads of uh, motorsports uh, said this one time at a Porsche Platz. He said, basically, we're getting penalized uh, from IMSA for, for being prepared. Uh, mm. for doing our job very well and he says where other manufacturers aren't prepared so their cars aren't as fast so they put penalty penalties on Porsche uh, just so we can even the playing field mm. and uh, I really think that hurts um, viewership uh, I don't think it helps uh, you know if, if, if Ferrari builds the best card and kudos to them uh, they deserve to win but should Ferrari get uh, penalized because they built the best car and they're not cheating. They're just building the best car within the rules. So uh, I'm sure balance of performance is going to be a big topic. I heard I heard some uh, moan and groans from Porsche people um, about the uh, last race of the uh, RSR, mm-hmm. that how much balance of performance was hurting Porsche. So I'm sure that's something that's going to come up with uh, with this new LMDH car. It's, uh, you know, there's three key races, you could say, uh, Daytona, Sebring, and Le Mans. Lama being the big daddy, everyone wants to do well at Lama, so they play a game of uh, sometimes sandbagging it, so they get all this balance of performance options, so they can go uh, into they uh, Lama. It at Lama. And other, uh, it's happened before, mm-hmm. so we'll see. Uh, so, are, so are the changes to the cars for balance performance? Is that like published? Is it known? Like, does mm-hmm. every team yeah. know? Yeah, yeah. Like he yeah, had to put in a hundred pounds, or or yeah, or something or like restrictors, that. restrictors. Or, you know, put the uh, limitations trying to. Mm-hmm. I know what they're trying to do. They're trying to get a, a, it. The last thing you want, and I've been to the 24th Daytona going since 89. And, you know. You don't I, want someone dominating. Yeah, you've seen races where they're almost like an hour ahead. Yeah. And, you know, uh, short of something uh, catastrophic, they're going to win the race. Uh, obviously, they would, every every sanctioned body would love uh, uh, the race to go to the last turn. Uh, but if it's manufactured, I don't know. It's uh, I can't see how that helps viewership. Mm. But anyways, we're going down to uh, to Daytona, um, or I'm going down uh, to cover that. Uh, what was that in January? That is December. That's oh, in December. two weeks. 
Oh wow! Yeah, they have a uh, they have the uh, roar before the twenty four. Oh, that's which what I thought. That's was. open to yeah. the public. That's the week before the twenty four hours of Daytona. Mm. So this one is the one where everyone gets to see what everyone else has been doing. And uh, Porsche, to their credit, they, they've already announced that there won't be any customer teams um, at Daytona twenty four because they just don't have the time or the uh, supply chain to get the cars to the customers. But um, it sounds like they're going to have uh, uh, customer team cars for the remainder of the year, which I don't believe any other manufacturer has even spoken about having customer team cars. Mm. So Porsche is uh, doing pretty much, uh, well. Uh, Thomas uh, Lauterbach, who's the head of motorsports um, uh, worldwide, um, he's very uh, positive on the fact that uh, he'll have at least uh, at least four, maybe eight customer team cars around uh, between WEC and IMSA. Yeah, um, so it'll, it'll harken back to the nine uh, sixty two nine fifty six days where there were some works cars, but the majority were customer cars. Oh, to give Porsche fans something to cheer about. Yeah, in fact, uh, you know, put on the calendar uh, um, of upcoming events, uh, and I've heard from people that are going for the first time down to the twenty four hours of Daytona. Mm. Uh, I would definitely uh, recommend this is the year to go in twenty twenty three. Uh, because their Porsche is going for overall win, and there's just something about the atmosphere when Porsche is there for overall win. Mm-hmm. Um, you can just tell it from the amount of trucks they have there, the amount of personnel, it's uh, and seeing them on the leaderboard. You know, normally we've always had to cheer for the GT classes, mm-hmm. and then there's uh, the, the prototype classes that uh, you know it's rare that there's uh, a manufacturer that we really want to cheer for, like a Ferrari or BMW, or Mercedes. This time uh, there's going to be so it's uh, yeah if you're uh, especially East Coast people Daytona's uh, not a warm place. <laughs> as it I can explained. be well it can uh, be. well not for very long not it's, for very long yeah just just warm I know it's Florida but it's not uh, yeah it can get chilly or it's not soggy. Miami it can get chilly or soggy yes yeah, so yeah. Uh, it's it's probably be warmer it's going to be warmer than it is in New England but by no means uh, well maybe we'll we'll wear shorts in that cold weather for me it's still. Uh, a winter coat and uh, and dress warm, but the sun does come out uh, sometimes, and and you can take your jacket off. Um, but it's a 24-hour race, and if you've never been to it, it's very cool to attend. Absolutely. So since our last uh, last podcast, we dropped uh, at least two videos: um, the GT3 versus the GT3 Touring, and the OMR of your 914. Yeah, so the GT3 versus GT3 Touring, uh, we've gotten very good uh, comments about that. I think people like the fact that we had both cars back to back. And thank and, you to PCNA for yes, allowing that to and, happen. And to Rob Sass for alerting us that this was a uh, possibility. Um, you know, you get to hear different opinions. Uh, so I think if I got to get it right, Damon liked the PDK on the street, but he would want the stick ship on the track. I told him he had it backwards, that you yeah. want the stick shift on the street, PDK on the track. So uh, um, the, the great thing is you have a choice. You yep. can uh, choose either one when you're buying one. Um, and uh, and what I came away uh, is that it really comes down to if you like the wing or you don't like the wing on for the street. If you're doing track events, then by all means, I would get the wing because I want as much downforce as possible. But for the... Uh, um, for the street, that's really a, a looks thing. Actually, I, I surprisingly I picked the touring, uh, the regular non-wing uh, car. I thought that was pretty. Uh, I'm all about the wing. Uh, all about the wing. Uh, and I, driving it and having that wing in the mirror the whole time, uh, 
became got old really quick for me. Yeah. Um, but it's a one uh, percent problem. You know, yep. it's a good problem to have to have your shoes. Yeah. And then when then Damon did a review on my uh, my uh, original nine fourteen, I had somebody on the comments say uh, that's not an original rear badge. Uh, which I was curious as to why they would say that, since the car is completely original. I've got all the records. Um, it was because it didn't have the 2.0. Uh. So I had to educate them that the first 200 or so that came to the country didn't have a 2.0, because Porsche, as we know, that's, they're, they're not big on uh, labels. Mm-hmm. And um, Back then. Uh, yes, back <laughs> then. And they... Uh, the dealers complained because, of course, you know, all the American cars had 427, 350, and so on on the uh, engine. And this has a mighty 2-liter, so they wanted people to know that. So Porsche ended up sending 2-liter badges for the rest of the uh, production cars. Uh, but mine was an early uh, September 72 build, so it doesn't have a 2-liter uh, badge. But it's all original, and Damon... Uh, I think you, it surprised him how much he enjoyed the car. Yeah, 914 owners know this, and, you know, it's uh, it's my favorite. I told Damon when he took it out, I said, take good care of it, because this, this is my favorite car. This is the last one I will have before uh, I die. I said, that's the one I'll never sell. My wife will sell, but not me. Um, it's just a fun car. It's double-digit horsepower, but you can be flat out all the time and have a blast with it. Next up on Tech Tactics Live, we'll be together when? Uh, November 30th? November 30th, and uh, Jim Hemmig, our marketing director. You've made his day. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking of uh, the topics, and I thought, you know, I started looking around the uh, YouTube, and I thought, there isn't much on Porsche bikes. If, you know, someone wants to go out and buy a used one, uh, you know, what what's out there, what's the difference, is, what to expect when you buy one, what should you look for? There really wasn't anything out there, mm-hmm. so um, I told Jim, I said, uh, I, I asked you, I said, what do you think about a definitive guide, uh, and you thought it might be a good idea, too, so I, I let Jim know, and I'm, that's all I had to do was text him, hey, are you interested in doing a uh, Tech Tactics Live about bikes, and within like an hour, I had a two-page outline, and uh, he's uh, lined up bikes already to have in the studio, we're going to have the very first model, Yes, the prototype. Everything, in, yeah. everything in between. And we will also have the uh, current electric version. So it will be a very comprehensive we'll buyer's guide. We'll have the different sizes because there's a small, medium, mm-hmm. and large. Things, to, things to look out for when you're buying one, especially yep. a used one. And cause, like I told him, I said, honestly, I said, when I was looking at these used bikes, I thought it would be a pretty cool pit bike to have. Uh, I figured I'd just buy one and start riding it. Um, you know, he pointed out that if they have shocks, you may have to rebuild the shocks mm-hmm. and the brakes and, you know, but how that isn't uh, really a hard thing to do. And, um, yeah, I think if, uh, even if you casually have been interested in Porsche bikes or want to know, uh, more about them, this is the show to watch and it'll definitely be a great evergreen, uh, episode. Upcoming events. I can't believe the zone fest cruise is coming up in two weeks. Um, you know, for those of you that have already signed up, I look forward to seeing you aboard. It's going to be a lot of fun. I've shared with you all the different things that uh, will be happening on board that's PCA or Porsche related. But I wasn't so sure. Did I tell you that um, I encouraged them for one of the fun nights to hire a professional comedian? No. Did I tell you about that? No. So you, for those of you that are listening, I won't tell the people that are coming on the cruise, but... 
we hired a professional comedian and I'm actually going to download with them sort of Porsche-isms and PCA-isms, all the crazy stuff. Because the people at, at Princess, right, they, they've, they've, they've really been together with us for about a year. But even even though they've been around us, like when I tell them about how like we're doing the uh, the the concourse at sea, basically bringing one eighteen scale cars. They're like, so does every PCA member have a one eighteen scale car? Like, like it was so like far fetched for them. I'm like, yeah, pretty much every PCA member has at least one one eighteen scale model. And then like there's a, there's other things that we do. They're like, you know, when they saw the first um, uh, concourse at parade, and like, are they really? like cleaning the inside of their tailpipes. I'm like, yep, they are. So all these little isms, I'm going to download it to the comedian and see how he or she uses so, it. One of my favorite uh, movies is Jerry Seinfeld's Comedian, where he basically goes through the process of how he, I guess for lack of a better term, makes comedy. Right, and, right. And and it's, it's, it's very involved. It's not mm. something that happens off the, the, off the uh, cuff. So he has. They have two weeks to make uh, to do uh, some bits. Yes, that should be interesting. Yeah, yeah, and uh, so so hopefully we'll get a, a copy of it because the the ship has you know full production capabilities. The other thing that we found out is you know how like when you go to a hotel and you um you know turn on your TV, there's like you know regular channels, but then there's like the in house TV. Mm-hmm. So they're gonna dedicate. Um, one of the channels for all PCA content. So we'll have like our favorite YouTube channels. We'll have, you know, how to join. So yes, we have about 600, 700 PCA members on board, but the ship is literally thousands of people that are on board. So everyone that's on the ship is really going to get a little bit of PCA education. So all I could think of was Scott's Maria who said that the sound of our voices puts her to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> this could be a great sleep aid. I listen to the podcast. We, you, uh, we could lull them to yes. sleep. Uh, yeah, we will have definitely have one uh, podcast episode uh, on the channel for people to listen to. Registration for Spring Treffin Georgia Mountains uh, opens January 4th. The event is April 19th through 23. And I saw that they were on a conference call this morning talking about all the different things that you'll be doing in and around Georgia, which includes visiting uh, the PEC, I believe, and the roads down there are fantastic, and the local region's going to definitely set up a Treffin that will be, you know, an amazing event. And that's, a, uh, that's more of a higher class event than parade in the sense that uh, it's uh, nicer hotels, it's a couples type of uh, It's like a event. four or five star event, more couples like zero competition it's all touring it's if you're a foodie treffin is definitely where you want to be it's you know fine fine dining uh unique experiences visiting you know beautiful homes establishments or something like that museums so it's a it's a very very unique experience and sells out within you know, we've had Treffin sell out within eight minutes I was before. Say Peach State region, which yeah. is uh, Atlanta, is a big region and a very active region. Mm-hmm. So, if you're in or interested in doing a Treffin, um, be online the minute this opens up. Yeah, and and you know, I would say is you know we have information on on PCA.org now where you can find out you know everything that's involved. I encourage you if you're planning to go, 
know all of your selections and know what you want to do before the day of registration. So that way, when the clock strikes, whatever time it opens, you know, you're on there right away. Make your selections quick and then, you know, complete your, complete your transaction so that you are, you secure your spot at Traffin because it will sell out. And I know people complain like, wow, why can't you make it more of a lottery or something like that? We've tried that before with other events. And then all of a sudden you just have some people that like, you know, like, so let's say you have friends that are going to, and like some of your friends make it, some of you don't. There is, there really isn't a winning way to do that other than just first come, first serve. So that's what it shall be. Um, the PCA Corral and Hospitality Tent at the 24 Hours of Daytona, as uh, Manny mentioned earlier, the place to be in January. Uh, that's January 28th through the 29th. Do you know if they're planning anything special for that? Because being the, return of Porsche to overall racing 75 years of Porsche the, you know we haven't heard anything officially but as you said earlier you should just plan to go it's I, it's, I will say that uh don't try to uh, the tickets to bring your car into the corral that's uh, too late. sold out back in the summertime oh yeah uh, unfortunately I guess fortunately for the people who buy the tickets but unfortunately for those who want to get tickets uh they only sell it to people they sell them first to people who bought them in the past. It's so. it's like it's like football seat yeah. tickets that you know like it's passed down to family. Yeah, it's so. like Packer tickets. Only yeah. if someone dies, you can no. get. Uh, you like how tickets. I use a sports reference? I don't use I sports. I don't use sports reference very often. How the Ravens do this weekend? I believe they barely won. Yeah, very good. Ah. Yes, they won though. The only reason I there's won. no barely one column. <laughs> they won. That's the only reason is because I was with my family and they had they had it on. I had to watch it. Yeah. So, anyways. Um, but even if you don't have your your, your Porsche, um, every PCA member of Porsche owners welcome into the Porsche uh, PCA hospitality tent, and they have closed circuit TV. Uh, they always have snacks, drinks, uh, uh, places to sit down and hang out with other uh, PCA members. Uh, I um, I haven't been in a couple of years, but I, I'm sure they still bring the teams in. Mm-hmm. And being this time once again Porsche going for overall, uh, they'll have the hierarchy from Germany uh, on. The motorsports department coming and they tell them they come during the race of updates of how the team's doing and they bring the drivers in so anyways it's a great experience that adds to the uh whole daytona experience when you come down to come hang out at the uh pca tent plus they have their own uh, i like to stay, think of it as our own uh, grandstands even though it's technically not really ours but it's in our parking area yep. and that's right along the um the, I forgot what it's called. The bend on the back, on the uh, inside st- straight, the little kink. That's where it I is. just noticed the infield. Yeah, but it's right. It's a perfect spot to uh, to watch a race. So if you've been thinking about going to a twenty four hour race, this is the race to go to. Yeah, and if you're flying out of BWI, I think like Southwest flights are on sale right now. So good luck with that. You basically, uh, you know, um, you fly to Orlando. Mm-hmm. And that's the cheapest way. Probably run a car. It's about an hour drive, maybe from the airport to mm-hmm. Daytona. Uh, Daytona does have an airport depending where you're coming from uh, will determine how many uh, stops you have to make Uh, we always would fly down to Orlando direct because Orlando is a huge airport rent a car and drive up Finally, registration opens for Works Reunion Amelia Island on December 14th. The event itself will be March 3rd, so mark your calendars for that. And we are over about 10 minutes. We oh, I didn't wow. realize, Just the two of us, and we're still over. Uh, anything else before we sign off, man? I think next week, maybe, uh, will we have Rob in the office? He said he was coming in after Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah, I guess yeah, so. Maybe back to normal. Yep, and uh, maybe next week you'll meet Bogdan. Will Bogdan be in next week? I know he's 
You're, you're the boss. I think you should. I, I, no, I don't <laughs> memorize everyone's travel schedule. I mean, the reason why it's just you and I here because I think most of them have been uh, on, vacation. on vacation and mm-hmm. uh, they're catching up on uh, unused uh, comp hours and all that kind of stuff. But anyways, thank you for listening. If you aren't currently a PCA member and you own a Porsche, grab that VIN and head over to PCA.org. We'd love for you to join us in all the fun. Uh, if you're like Ian and you're looking for your Porsche and you don't have one just yet, try out our test drive program. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll steer you in the right direction to make sure you land, uh, the, the right Porsche for you. And remember to follow us, uh, on the podcast Instagram page, behind the scenes photos and videos, Porsche Club Insider, all one word. You can message or email us if you have any thoughts, suggestions, compliments. Uh, yeah, throw Manny a compliment. That'd be nice. Podcast at PCA.org or simply comment on our YouTube podcast video. Until next time, stay safe. Happy holidays, everyone. And, uh, we'll catch you down the road.